0: Celtic Stuff Live. All right, welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for Boston sports. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. Follow me. Justin Poulin at CSL underscore Justin and my co-host John Duke at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Radio Network at CLNS Radio and the Facebook page Facebook.com CLNS fans. We had a trade deadline show on Thursday and John did not get to have his say tonight. He will get his due. He will get his due. And if you want to listen to that show, download the CLNS Radio app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Radio in your app marketplace. And we had Jared Weiss, who closed out the Trade Deadline show. And... Gave you some pretty good nuggets on Serge Ibaka as well, like some real worldly view stuff. I didn't know Jared was so worldly, but an excellent interview with Jared, and you can catch him uh, after every game with the Garden Report on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Radio, high-definition, full-length locker room interviews, and like I said, the Garden Report with Jared Weiss. So, John... I'm sorry you had technical difficulties on your way home from work. Let's just start with this. How BS is it now that the trade deadline is an absolute event that the thing closes out at 3 o'clock? It's nonsense. It's time to make it 8 p.m. It's time for the Celtics and all the other teams to put in a full day's work before they shut it down. And just let the common man get home from work and settle in and listen to a great trade deadline show like ours. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I think that there's some value in that, and, and what I would kind of go along with that,
1: part of the reason they moved it back to 3 o'clock was because of the fact that, you know, they didn't want to have it impact game nights and people pulling guys out of games, kind of like what happened with Jaleel Okafor. But now that we've built in this longer break uh, around the All-Star game, why not have it a day or two after the All-Star game? It seems like there's more than enough time in that window of no games and, you know, frankly, they need something to fill the void. There's nothing else going on. There's no NFL. Baseball hasn't really started. The NHL is going on, but, you know, there's, there's a void there. So why it? Well, not and not to mention, John, they're
0: looking at shortening the preseason so that they have less back to backs. And I'm cool with that. It wasn't really my preference. We talked a little bit about it at the start of this season, but if they're going to do it, fine. So be it. Cut back reduce the back-to-backs, and you know what? Make this one an event. Like you said, extended All-Star break. It's definitely not getting in the way of any games because there are no games on trade deadline eve or trade deadline night. So at the end of the day, let's just make it an event. Let's push it back to 8 p.m., and let's make it sort of like the NBA draft or the draft lottery. Let's let's get people on TV. You know, Woj, and yes, we had our show, but Woj and Chris Mannix and even Scalabrini had a really nice appearance on the vertical. You know, let's yeah. let's get all these all these mass media markets going and and pumping. I, I know the NBA has got money to be made here. It's time to make the adjustment.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. I think there's time now, and I think they can do that as long as it doesn't impact the game. I, I, again, I don't like to see them pulling people out of games and all that. I think I think there's time to make that work. And, uh, and that way, you know, everyone can, can be a part of it and, and enjoy that. And I think, and it, it, I think it probably makes it easier for the teams too. So I, I'm all in favor, you know, let's, let's, let's do that. Probably the writers don't like that because they'd like to have a little bit more time before they file their stories. But, you know, everything's digital now. And, uh, we're all watching, uh, the, the vertical and they did a great job. Uh, but you know, for my taste, I like what the, uh, trade deadline show on CLNS radio. <laughs>
0: See, that's where I would go with it, too. As a matter of fact, though, that show was awesome. We had a ton of energy. There is something to be said for recording a show either drunk or in the middle of the day. It's always a high-energy event.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I I got a chance to listen, even though I couldn't speak. I could hear everything you guys were saying. And I think you guys had nailed it, a lot of it. You know, it was... uh, It was a disappointing day in some parts in that, you know, you were hoping that, okay, you know, we all are fans of the team because of the Celtics because we want to see them do well. We want to see them play well. And it's really hard to have patience in the middle of a situation like that. But, you know, look, this was a this was a deadline where, again, you're going by the potential of what you can get as opposed to what you have to give up. And and not unlike what happened at the tr- at the draft when I was pretty disappointed about not being able to get Jimmy Butler, it was a good lesson to say you know just because I want to get Jimmy Butler doesn't mean it's at any cost. And I think we saw in in the what has come out since that point the cost was just way too high for both Butler and for Paul George.
0: Well, based on the way Jalen Brown played his game and the four-point play last night, I think any cost was going to be too high because you have to think Jalen Brown was going to be included in one of these deals. And if not him, Marcus Smart and as much love, this could turn into a Jalen Brown show like you and I talked about before we kicked True. it off uh, before the show. But I will say it definitely could turn into the Jalen Brown show. What two untouchables did I say to you just two weeks ago on the show? I said, I don't want to give up Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown. And in the future, I want to see them starting in the one and two slot on this team. I think Jalen has played amazing at the shooting guard spot. And obviously, both of those players had a big impact on the win last night. Not two guys I'm going to part with very easily. I was excited about the possibility of bringing in Paul George, but, you know, in the Celtics system, he's likely to play the four, not the two or the three, obviously not the two, but not the three. And even if he did play the three, you'd look at somebody like Jay Crowder playing the four or getting moved in such a trade deal. But rumors have it that this conversation is not over.
1: I think that's, I think that's absolutely the truth.
0: Um,
1: and, and I would say I don't, I think the same is true of Paul George. I, you know, I think Paul George and Jimmy Butler, I, I think this is going to be a conversation that started now and will continue. Um, uh, it's just going to be delayed for three months, four months. Look, I think we all see that, that the Celtics have, uh, young players who are wildly talented. <laughs> Have uh, the potential to do some pretty great things as 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 players, and and the, and the way that they've played, um, you know, particularly of late, is is not only laudable but but also I think exciting for Celtics fans. But you know, looking at, at the potential of Jimmy Butler and the potential of Paul George in a Celtics uniform, it's really hard to sit back and say, you know. You wouldn't want a 25-point game score with all-NBA defense and, and potential all-NBA play. Um, you know, it, Just as we saw how hard it was for Isaiah to get those shots off, uh, if he had the ability to dish it off to a Paul George or Jimmy Butler to get the points too, it'd be a completely different dynamic. I, I just think that this is this is going to be something we're going to be talking about again in June. And I'm okay with that. I think the price should go down. I think the price is too high right now.
0: No, the price will go down, and you want to know why? Because let's look at it this way. The value is how many postseason appearances are you going to get before you have to pay the man again? That's really what it comes down to. And they there's two bargaining chips on either side. One is the draft pick this year and potentially next year, but we won't have the determination on next year by June. We'll only have the determination this year. So it's will it be one or will it be four? It's pretty much locked up that the Celtics will have the best odds in the draft lottery this year, but it's not locked up what position. So that's an unknown. But the other thing is the fact that both Indiana and Chicago lose value in those trading those players when they're not giving them to another team to perform in the postseason this year. So the cost has to come down for two reasons. One, the Celtics' picks will become determined, so we'll know exactly where they stand this year. And secondarily, the players will be contributing to one less postseason. For Paul George, that means it's really a rental. It's next season and one postseason, and he's already said, basically, and Larry H. Russell had a really nice interview with Steve Bulpett on his show, uh, Celtics Beat, on Sunday, yesterday, and talked a lot about how the fact that Paul George may have mucked the possibility of that deal getting done up pretty bad. Now, we know, and they cited on the show as well, that Kevin Garnett seemed pretty opposed to a move to the Celtics as well until he basically figured out that the organization was being strong-armed and said, This guy's got to go. Uh, Taylor said, hey, we can lose just as many games with <laughs> Kevin Garnett here as we can paying a whole lot less in salary and beginning the rebuild. So they went in that direction, and thus KG became a Celtics, thankfully for us, because what an amazing run that was. But similarly, the Celtics are going to need time and to talk to the agent and set that deal up, and June and into July is the best time to convince somebody like Paul George that, hey, come on, Let's let's take a couple of well, let's just take one example. Paul Pierce grew up a Lakers fan and he wound up being almost a lifelong Celtics player and definitely enjoyed what was an amazing run in a bunch of in front of a bunch of amazing fans and look at his return. They can set that up similarly to the way that they set up a presentation for Kevin Durant last off season to help secure such a deal and Larry's price has gotta come down at that point.
1: It has to. It has to, and not, not only that's what, what I don't understand about this
0: trade deadline.
1: It, I understand from Paul George using whatever leverage he can, using his agent to say, "Look, he's only going to go to LA or uh, or here." I, I understand that. What I don't understand is the Bulls or or Indiana playing such a hard line. They're not going to get more, you know, in, in June than they are today. There is no way that they should. And I and I don't think that the Celtics should give in an inch on that more and more you see these deals that don't happen and and it is true Red's comment that the deals you don't make are the often the best deals you 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 that you could that, are the best decision you could have made, basically. And I think that's absolutely the case.
0: Best decision you didn't make. I mean, look right, at the Justice make, Winslow right. <laughs> deal. And guess what? We were all in on that deal. When that, see, totally. I'm I'm willing to take folly as much as I will credit, and I'm going to take credit for the Jalen Brown thing a month before the draft and how much it just all seemed to line up for me. And I know we're still yet to see him perform, but come on. The kid's a rookie on a second-place team in the Eastern Conference and he's finishing games and he's playing 30 minutes a night instead of Avery Bradley who continues to struggle with the achilles injury and and just one other note on Jalen too well you know you know I'm going to take advantage of this slot because last week it was getting a little disgusting for you but now I think I have my <laughs> opening so I'm going to take it but Brown said he declined the dunk contest to work on his game and Isaiah Thomas's response. Man, his young ass definitely should have been in the dunk contest, which is true, but I'm actually glad he did take the time. He needed, he was going to wind up being unhealthy anyway and ha- would have been a scratch. So instead of us all being disappointed, he once again makes a very mature decision and puts himself in a positive light and says, I just need to work on my game. I need to make sure that I'm ready for the playoff run. I need to do what's right for the team. And quite honestly, I think he played great in the Raptors game coming right out of it. I know that was a major disappointment, blowing a 17-point lead and letting it slip away in the final minutes. And the Celtics still struggling to deal with their Eastern Conference and Atlantic Division rivals. Certainly tough, but at the same time... The Detroit game was also disgusting, but we're seeing young players step up. And Marcus Smart said after that Raptors game, we can't rely on Isaiah to carry us. Well, guess who lifted him up in the subsequent game? (laughs) That's right. Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, my untouchables. And the price has to come down because I'm not willing to give up either of those fools. And I know Danny's maybe hung up on Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley, but those are my tradable pieces. I haven't moved from that stance all season long.
1: I think, I think we're certainly on, on the different end of that. And I, then perhaps Danny is, I mean, I love Jay. I think he's, you know, he's got that great contract. Avery's got another year after this one of, of, of a good contract, but there, there is, there's a horizon that's further out for both Marcus and Jalen. That's pretty evident here by the last, you know, Ten, fifteen games, and and what Jalen did last, you know, last night there with that shot, but but not just that one play. I mean, it was there were a number of plays like that 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 really were were quite impressive. I think that you know if we were doing a, sh- a post game show after the the Raptors game, we would have probably quibbled with Brad Stevens' rotations, and I'm sure you will in terms of the timing of when Jalen was coming in as as opposed to when uh, Jimmy, Jimbo Young, as I like to call him, Jimbo, when Jimbo got He in. was
0: just out there too long in the fourth quarter for the Raps. Yeah. You know, and yeah. this is a guy that... Barely hung on to the roster, and he did hit a couple of nice shots in his initial minutes when he came into the end of that fourth quarter. You know, he hit knocked down a nice three-pointer, and I'm not going to say he's atrocious, and I'm not going to say Jalen Brown's a perfect defender either because DeRozan went off for 43 points, and you know I was salivating to watch that matchup, but at the same time, Jamie Young is still not there defensively. Not Not going to say horrendous, but I'm just saying, why don't those minutes – listen, Jalen's young. He needs all the minutes he can get. Why not play him 35? I mean, I understand if Avery Bradley is healthy and his minutes got to come down and they decide to go with a veteran, okay, I'm going to eat that. I get it. I still think that Jalen Brown's earned the minutes when Avery comes back, but that's besides the point. You know, let's just separate it. When when the conversation is about Jamie Young versus Jalen Brown, again, Jamie can get a couple – but with four minutes to go in the game, James Young is still out there against the Raptors. No, 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 no. Should have come out at the six minute mark. And if you recall, that six to four minutes is when the Raptors really started to put their edge on that.
1: Yeah, I, no, I, I agree with that entirely. I, I don't have any issue with, with, you know, Young getting those, getting minutes and getting an opportunity to play. I think he's played, he had, you know, he had that really good game against the Bulls. He had, he had he's had a good run here of a few games, but the, it was the timing of when he came in that I think
0: was really the problem, and
1: and the I timing agree. of
0: when he didn't come out.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, I think you know they played Brown to start the quarter, and I guess they're trying to keep some sort of momentum going with that, and and pulling Brown out at that you know pulling him out earlier in the fourth. And getting young submits in the middle, I think was probably not the right approach. I think probably having young play more against, you know, second line guys and, and, and using that and not able to be taken advantage of as strongly in that spell as opposed to when you're getting closer to crunch time, you're going to go against the best of the best and, and hopefully trying to get him on the floor without DeRozan out there so that he, you know, but at the same point, I don't think he, I don't think he did terribly, but I certainly would have felt better with with, uh, Jalen Brown out there than Young. And in a a close game at that point, um, they needed that. And unfortunately, not only did that happen, it just just snowballed from there.
0: Well, you and I both predicted an undefeated week, but we both also had a cautionary tale that, hey, listen – The Celtics have always stunk after an extended absence from the floor, and I know a few of these guys got a chance to play or hang around, I guess, during All-Star weekend. Really, maybe Al Horford. I know everybody's down on him, but maybe he deserved an opportunity to play in that game. Isaiah obviously got some run, botched a dunk. We talked about that already on last week's show. But they've traditionally been a little rusty coming off of a week of of uh no playing no games, no playing time really effectively. We knew it was a trap game. We kinda call, we called it out, but then we said, eh, we think they're still gonna win. And without Kyle Lowry, you would have thought that maybe they would have gotten the W. They missed an opportunity to gain another game in the standings because Cleveland loses to Chicago two nights ago on Saturday night. Really seemingly couldn't get anything going, and then you look at Jimmy Butler who does not get traded and ends up with a triple double in his first game back, we should have seen the trap game with the Raptors. We didn't. I know a lot of people were really down on the fact that the Celtics didn't come out of the All-Star break with a win. I am really not that down on it. Even as ugly as this Detroit game was last night, I still am not down on the Celtics. We just know traditionally because it's all about execution with this roster and sharing the ball and looking for those opportunities. I like the way they finished the Detroit game. I like the fact that they're not relying completely on Isaiah. And quite frankly, in these last, what, 24 games or whatever it is, opposing teams are going to approach the Celtics the same way they would in the postseason. This is the real push. I know we have had a nice win streak, but that's the middle of the season. That's actually the In my opinion, easiest time to string together a nice record and some wins. It's this next stretch coming up, heading towards the postseason, maybe until the final two weeks of the season. I know standings might get filtered out at that point, and teams may start to rest players and realize that they're pretty uh, comfortable in the seating that they're in. But this next little stretch of games is really important, I just see the Celtics in a position where they're going to need to get that chemistry back, get comfortable being on the floor again, and hopefully get 100% healthy because that's the most important thing right now.
1: Yeah. No, that, that, that's what they've got to do. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing. Even when we're sitting here frustrated about how badly they were playing and, and things were going not so well in the first half of the season, it, it doesn't matter. Because, quite frankly, what we're going to be looking at or how this team should be measured is how they do in that second half of the season. And and I should say in the postseason, really. Not even the second half of the season. I mean, look, we want to be in a position to do well right now. And the Celtics are in that position right now. They still have a number of games up on, on Toronto, who I think will be making a strong run here with the last 35 or so games, 30 or so games left of the season. Um, Washington... Hasn't come out of the break very well. They're going to have to reestablish that that momentum they had. I mean, in, in lo- many ways, that that run, you know, having that break was really disadvantageous for the Celtics. It really slowed down uh, a team that was really on a roll. But hey, that's okay. Get some minutes. Get some time to away from it. Now they've got to kind of reestablish themselves and uh, and find that that balance. But to go back to you know Thursday and and the trade deadline, I mean this was a, this was an opportunity to, to make that trade to to be to make that switch to flip that switch as as uh, a, a club that was ready to make a run, but I think even had they been able to to do the impossible or probably the improbable, and making a deal with a team that didn't want to really make a deal, um, whether it's Chicago not knowing what the hell they're doing and Indiana, I think really reticent to make a deal. Larry definitely much more than his owners. I think that we have in both – we have a Celtics team that, hey, we're just going to do what we can. I'm glad they didn't waste a whole bunch of assets on players that might help them win a series but aren't going to help them beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and probably aren't going to help them beat the Golden State Warriors. And instead they're going to have those assets available to maybe – get the big star, or maybe to get that star, that 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 extra player they need next year to get over the hump when they have those stars in place. And so, it
0: looks like Cleveland is going to get a lot stronger, and I want to talk about this when we come back from the break, as well as maybe some more minor deals in your take on that that didn't get done for the Celtics, or possibly still some pickups like Jared Sullinger, Terrence Jones. I want to get into that when we come back from the break, Before we go to break, I want to talk about the two pickups for the Raptors who played very well in our Celtics loss to the team, uh, coming out just on Friday night. But you look at PJ Tucker, you look at Serge Ibaka, big factors, big veteran presence, and definitely some big shots and reboundings against this Celtics club that really made no moves whatsoever. Do you think that the Raptors are going to climb back in the standings? Do you think this is what really helps them right their ship at this point? Oh, sure.
1: Yeah, it has to. I mean, it has to get them to the point where, you know, right, you know, they're, they're three games back right now. I mean, they're, they're, I think they'll be neck and neck with Boston and Toronto for that final, that final two seed. I, I, I think they're, we're going to have a second round series in Toronto. I just, I. I can I can see it coming now, which is, I would rather face the Toronto Raptors than I would the Wizards. Um, I just think that's a better matchup for us right now. And I think that the Celtics are going to, that wasn't their best foot forward either, uh, you know, against the Raptors on Thursday night. Look, I'm not going to say P.J. Tucker isn't going to help them. I'm not going to say Serge Ibaka isn't going to help them. We've seen, I think the one that stands out to me, we've seen these situations happen. I mean, Antoine Walker, when he came back the second time wearing, you know, that number 88, they ran off a hell of a run right after the trade. And then that they, they kind of went away a bit. And <laughs> they weren't the same, they weren't playing at that same level by the time the playoffs came around. I'm not saying that Toronto is going to fall apart or anything of the sort. They're still a tough team. Lowry is a hell of a player, DeRozan is just unconscious in the mid-range but they're a team that's built for right now and that's that. there's almost a, a pity <laughs> You can, if you want to go that far, there's almost a pity I have for them because I know that this is a short-lived scenario for the Toronto Raptors they don't have a tomorrow, they have a right now and so they had to spend a whole bunch
0: of assets
1: to get Tabaka, who they're going to have to pay big money to. And they're going to, and they're going to lose P.J. Tucker. And they gave up some picks for him. Not a lot of picks.
0: And stick around picks. picks. You know what? We're going to stall right there because that's what I want to talk about. That was a player that I targeted, and we began to talk about it on the Trade Deadline Show, as at first I thought, why? Why mess with it? But then, if it's only going to cost you a couple of second-round picks, and Jared Sullinger or the three players that we mentioned, Mickey, Young, and Demetrius Jackson, to get a deal done, plus it clears some money off the books to get that max free agent that we have been clearly teased on and are now essentially expecting the Celtics to deliver on, and it has to be Gordon Hayward. We'll talk about all that when we come back from the break. But I I wonder about that, P.J. Tucker. Maybe that would have been a good move, a nice low-cost, decent improvement for the Celtics. But at the same time, maybe they go get Terrence Jones. Maybe they go get Jared Sellinger. But when you look at the standings, it's Chicago and Indiana not concerned about them. They are definitely going to stay below the five-seed. But we are in danger. If you really look at the way this is shaking out of another possible uh, multiple team tie when we get to the end of the season especially if Boston suffers some injuries and falters it's what happened to them last year if there's a repeat we're in danger you just said you thought Toronto might be able to get back up in there a little bit Washington yeah sure they've sputtered but they were the hot team so much so that many pundits had put them ahead of the Celtics in their power rankings and then Atlanta is really hanging in there they're Not too far off. And despite a cluster at the beginning of the season, they seem to be kind of putting it together. So when you look at those top five teams in the East, there is potential for a three-way tie again. we got to hope that the Celtics stay healthy and they are able to put it all together. I'm going to tell you a little bit about a couple of sponsors before we go to the break. And when we come back, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of some of those uh, topics that we just brought up. I'm going to tell you about Blue Apron, then I'm going to talk to you about SeatGeek, and we'll hear about Audible.com. But SeatGeek is our newest sponsor, and as the Celtics playoff push heats up, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. That's right, two taps on your smartphone. They help you find the best seats at the best prices, and it's fully guaranteed. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great price and great value. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals, and to get you the most bang for your buck, they grade every ticket based on the value to help you immediately identify the seats that best fit your budget. Plus, every purchase, like I said, fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek Geek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, our listeners will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So to get your $20 rebate, just download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add Promo Code. You're going to use our promo code CSL2017, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code CSL2017. 17. Today, and now Blue Apron, their mission is to make incredible home cooked accessible, home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. And this is the best part because for less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron is delivering seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals. So none of the planning, none of the grocery shopping, but all the benefits of great pricing at only $10 per meal to make home-cooked meals. You do it, you cook with your loved one, you cook with your roommate, you cook with your spouse, and the food, once you're done cooking it, looks the same as it does on the recipe cards. So some upcoming meals are cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice, roasted pork with apple walnut and farro salad, crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad, udon noodle soup with miso, and soft-boiled eggs. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Celtics. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Celtics. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And we'll be right back after this. All right, John, so before the break, we talked about a little bit, two draft two second round picks. Really? That's it? And Jared Sullinger, who I know a lot of people were really upset the Celtics didn't sign, but I suppose we could talk about his possible return as well as maybe getting a a younger player. Like Terrence Jones to come in and bolster that rebounding. Obviously, it would take a cut of Jordan Mickey, Demetrius Jackson, or James Young, probably the likely candidates, to open up space. James Young not coming back next year. Not with Antti Zijic and uh, Gershon Yabusele sitting, waiting in the wings. They're definitely going to be here. I know James is young, and we talked about him getting some run. At the end of the day, he's just not going to fit on the roster unless they make some massive trade that consolidates at Well, most likely the draft night, but if it doesn't happen, then I suppose James isn't going to get signed really quickly in the offseason. So if something happened after they sign a free agent, I suppose there's possibility that James Young would return. But at the end of the day, it wouldn't hurt them to cut him to add somebody to bolster that that line. Are you a little... I don't know, maybe there's a question mark about why the Celtics didn't go get a guy like P.J. Tucker. Certainly they're not using Mickey, they're really not using Young all that much and could plan around it, with Gerald Green, who isn't getting any minutes recently. Um, When you look at those two, and then Demetrius Jackson, maybe he's got a future here, maybe not. But really, only two second-round picks, and P.J. had a really nice game, against the Celtics with the Raptors. That was a deal I thought, yeah, opens up some caps, just a little bit of extra money and cap space this summer, why not do the deal? Are you disappointed on that? Do you think PJ Tucker could have helped the Celtics? He had a double double against them.
1: Yeah, well the the problem with Tucker is who okay, who sits? Right? I mean that's the that's kind of where what hap, you know what happens is okay, so is he in our crunch time lineup? Is he, you know, what role does he fill? You know, once Avery Bradley returns, what do you do? Um, is he taking Jalen Brown's minutes? I know you and I don't feel that should happen. Yeah, the answer uh, is take, an easy one for me, right? It's an easy one for you. Does he take Marcus Smart's minutes? No. Does he take, Jay, you know, Jay Crowder's minutes? No. So, Okay, I guess we're, I guess we're down to Jarebco, but at some point we'll get to ditch his mask, I hope, and be able to shoot like the way we've been Dude, using that. Dude, that thing playing. is
0: killing him.
1: <laughs> it is. It's awful. I feel bad for the guy.
0: I mean, it just, I saw a tweet because <laughs> we were playing Detroit. And they were like, yeah. and it was Rip Hamilton night. They retire his numbers, you know. A very extended halftime, you know, and and deservedly so. That, it was interesting seeing Ben Wallace and Rasheed, and you know that whole crew from 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 those days. But uh it was somebody tweeted out, uh, maybe Rip Hamilton could pull Jerebko aside and tell him how to be able to play with the mask because how long did Rip wear that mask for? Like a couple of seasons, right? It was forever. Oh, yeah, forever.
1: I mean, almost his whole career, he wore it, you know. I mean, once he, I can't remember what, what the, what the injury was that happened, but it was, it, I mean, I, I believe it goes back to 02 when
0: he, I think the official was term cold. for it was smash face. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, it's just,
0: yeah, I, I look,
1: I, I mean, I think the, that's, that's the problem, you know, is, and boy, what a long, the world's longest number of retirement. I mean, and I made this comment on Twitter, and it, it's true. You know, it's like it's longer than that was his fingernails. Because remember, he never. Did dropped, you see it, it on the Comcast? So Did they show
0: people. you the whole thing?
1: Yeah, they showed most of it. Uh, not, see, I yeah, got it
0: on League Pass, but I, you know, you yeah. get everything from right. the home team on the breaks on League Pass. So I didn't realize that you were watching that on CSN.
1: Yeah, yeah, we could see most of it. And what was kind of interesting about it is you know, we saw more of uh, of Rip Hamilton's not, a number retirement than we ever saw of Paul Pierce's uh, Farewell to Boston, um, which was kind of an interesting dichotomy. You're going to make ABC. me
0: flip out. I'm not even going there. <laughs> That's the difference, I guess, between ABC and then standard coverage. It's almost like – right. I, well, never mind. I, there's yeah, no we'll point in we'll rehashing that, you. except that it was ignorant. It was ignorant. Yes, yes.
1: But going back to your your question about PJ Tucker, I mean, the issue is okay. So who do you take out of the rotation? Let's assume you're taking out uh, Jalen Brown as your as your kind of f- power forward uh, for the second unit. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying that he's not. He wouldn't be valuable here because you got to feel like it's sometimes. You know, you, you want to take, you want to have that veteran available to come in. But, you know, again, all of these assets that you spend to get a guy like that is for a time when you think you can win that the, you know, kind of move that gets you over the top. And does he get you over the top? He gets you into the probably, maybe that he helps you get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but you may be able to get to the Eastern Conference Finals without him, you know? Uh, so, I, you know, I'm not as upset about it. I think. If you feel like there's one guy that's going to help you get to the next round, there's, there are bio candidates who can help you there. And we're talking about right now a rebounder, uh, hopefully, a, a guy who can protect the rim a bit. And we talked about Jared Solinger. I'm not sure if Terrence Jones fits that same bill. Did you bring Sully I mean, back?
0: Let's just go there, right? I, would. I I get your stance. You're saying it's not the end of the world with Tucker. Maybe he doesn't well, get a lot of minutes. Assets. Maybe Tucker's yeah. just happier being in Toronto anyway. It's almost like maybe there's a benefit to trading for Tucker so he doesn't wind up landing in Toronto, but there's no way for the Celtics to know where he was going to end up anyway, but but let's go ahead and say this. Would you bring Sully back? Because you and I have been pretty critical of that man, and I know he'd be coming back at a prorated portion of the veteran minimum for the rest of the year, so it's not a money issue, but the dude could board. If there's one thing you can say that this team needs that he brought last year, it's the fact that he can rebound.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing, is it? That- I think he can he can rebound. I think he can protect the rim. And, you know, he's only somebody you bring in when you have those games and you just can't seem to get a board one way or the other in the second Yeah, he's year. not a
0: postseason player. He's a let's eke out as many wins to stay in the second seed kind of player.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- but there are times, I mean, when you go up against the, a Cleveland and you need somebody who's going to help keep, uh, you know, Tristan Thompson off the boards a bit. Um, there's times when you're gonna play against, you know, maybe even Detroit in the second round, or excuse me, in the first round. Um, and you're gonna need to, to keep Drummond on, you know, on his back. Do you think That's Sully would Draymond Sully can green
0: do. for us? What do you mean? You know, kick him in the jimmy. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> That's what we need. We need an enforcer. (laughs) Listen, look what happened with Damari Carroll through Isaiah Thomas to the floor. That's an unfortunate factor in that Toronto game was that they were the aggressor. We had that game well in hand. We were passing. The team was all on the same page. Everything was on a string. And I'm not going to say that Toronto was lazy. I know a lot of people want to say that it was that push that made Toronto play harder. Now, I think it got in the Celtics' heads. And so that's why I ask you that question. What if we brought Jared back? Do you think he would drain on the opponent for us? <laughs> I think that's
1: I think that's entirely possible. I think that's entirely. I, I think he would. I think he'd be willing to mix it up, and, and that's something he was always willing to do um, to be a bit of a, a more. You know, I think he could have more of a career as a Rick Mahorn right now than than as a, you know, as your you know, kind of regular
0: kind of run-of-the-mill guy I mean, he's, he's gonna, gonna have, have to do time. something like that because he can't stick on a roster he just got whacked right and yeah i know he yeah. was injured and we heard all about him being in better shape and trust me he's not in any better shape you don't not play <laughs> basketball and get in better shape he might be potentially and very unlikely a little bit lighter than he was at times with the celtics but he's not in better shape
1: no 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 question I I mean, as you said, it's it's a question of Jordan Mickey, you know, do you I, I'm gonna kinda half walk into the next thing we need to talk about, but we don't know what assets Danny feels like he needs to have for the next step. So that's why I'm very reticent to say even something that seems like it doesn't cost a lot, like second round picks that you just throw um towards the, the Phoenix Suns. And and also I should mention when Steve Opeck was on uh, yesterday with uh, our guy, Larry H. Russell, I mean, he, he, he's kind of led it to believe that the Celtics were not um, as, as welcome in those PJ Tucker caught, you know, trade discussions as, as he or as, as one might think in that basically they got shut out of, out of the bidding. Now, I don't know what that's about. Of course, you know, that was um, <laughs> obviously Phoenix is where we got Isaiah, so is there bad some some bad blood there? You know, Steve didn't say that, but it it does leave one to wonder. But you know you do wonder what these assets are for, and if there are particular needs, or perhaps you know, as I said earlier, perhaps I, you know I is looking at I need those second round picks so that next year I have them available for when I do have a contender. I can understand that, but, but also the other piece of it, which is what are the pieces that Ainge needs to have to make that next deal or the second deal happen to put themselves in position to quit, be a contender? We don't know. The only thing we do know is that there have been discussions. They have these guys. And then there's this very strange comment by, well, I think it's a very strange comment, but it's the, it's the big takeaway I had from all last week which is Steve Opet's comment in two straight articles that he got, and, and from two different people, I believe, the comment from from a, a, a league source, high, you know, league, two league sources, saying Ainge needs, want, really wants to maintain this cap space because he must have something. Now, why would you say that unless there is something, and who possibly because the Celtics feel Come on, so confident know who about it is. free agency. We know who we know. it is.
0: And you know what? There's no point, especially with the rumors, and maybe by the time people are listening to this, Darren Williams and Andrew Bogut will have signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But the other quotes were that Cleveland was very nervous that the Celtics would bring on Paul George or Jimmy Butler. That tells you how much respect they have for Brad Stevens, I think, primarily, but also mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford and the way that the team plays together. Having said that, I'm really glad they didn't go all in, and I think it's got to be Gordon Hayward. I mean, that whole Brad Stevens, there's no other possibility that this club could be so certain about than Gordon Hayward. Yeah, and And remember, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off right after I finish making a point and open it up for you, but remember, (laughs) I wanted Gordon Hayward hard last year, and... We didn't get him, but then I wanted Jalen Brown and look at what's happening. I'm just telling you, this is... 2017, this is my year, John, and I'm pretty certain that Gordon Hayward is going to pay off big for this club. He fits perfect. He's, no, he really does, though. Think about it. He's a team player. He knows Brad Stevens' style of play, fits into it, and he's he's an all-star. He just became an all-star. I mean, let's blow smoke up on this, right? Because as long as it doesn't cost Jalen Brown, I'm all in. And so, if it's if, Vax free agent space, <laughs> it doesn't cost Jalen Brown.
1: So, everyone, if you're keeping track at home, this is the year of Justin. Okay, if you it is listened, the year
0: of Justin.
1: If you have not listened earlier, let's let's just to recap seventeen. If Justin Justin is a numerology freak about the year and, and the number seventeen, of course, Banner seventeen. I, I, you can go through the litany, but, but it's a big deal. And it's, and numbers work for him.
0: And, but, and I've shared how it popped up during that banner 17 run go. on the show. <laughs> like we went over it. I think I told you the first time I ever walked into the garden, I had no idea where I was going. I was picking up the credentials the first time from Eric Weiss covering the team from Celtics blog. And I'm not kidding. I walk in. And I'm nervous as hell. I literally am crapping my pants. And I walk in and I get behind literally. one of the food carts, and it's cart number seventeen. And, I, and I, I'm not going to get nuts about this on the show. All I all I can say Too is right. all you have to do. <laughs> but it's true. We talked about it as it happened. I know. I, like it's I, documented. This is a. This is not. A question. This is a matter of history for this show. So all I'm going to say is it is. That's it's true. 2017. The Celtics are making the run. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship in 2017. I'm just saying this might be when the big moves happen. And keep in mind, John, you're 17 backwards, right? I mean, your birthday is J- July 1st. You're 17 backwards. It's no coincidence right. <laughs> that you're the co-host on this show. <laughs> Wow! So yeah, you're the yin to my yang. Come on,
1: I am the yes,
0: yes, absolutely. I this, <laughs> we actually this recorded that, it. and it's going to go out to the people.
1: Yes, yes, it is. That's oh my gosh, this
0: is so funny. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Well, okay. So I don't even know where we were. Oh, well, just talking. We're about just talking thing. about
0: Gordon Hayward and how that's going to
1: happen. Yeah, it's going to happen, and so. I mean, look. There, let's to give deference to the other options out there. There is a possibility it's Blake. I mean, I think it's like one percent chance, and ninety nine percent chance is Gordon Hayward. But I think there's a one. I told chance my dad that tonight,
0: Blake. and he goes, "Yeah."
1: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> About
0: Blake? Yeah, I think the injuries yeah. have him sour, and and uh, quite honestly, He's playing great lately, though. As I gotta great say. as he is, I'm concerned too, but. If there is a subsequent trade after a free agent acquisition, and let's say it is Blake, Blake certainly fits into the targets that the Celtics could then trade for a lot better than Gordon Hayward does. Gordon Hayward is a little bit more duplicative of the players you might acquire and trade. Well, that's, yeah,
1: and that's kind of the thing to me is that, you know, I love, that's 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 the problem. Is that you know you do end up with kind of a duplicative situation if you get Gordon Hayward. But where's the game? Where's the game going? Right? I mean, the game is going towards uh, not a game where you play two bigs. This is the thing of the whole Boogie Cousins thing. People are like, why don't we have Boogie Cousins? Well, just because we gave four years, hundred and you know hundred billion million to you know Al Horford. He's our center. He's our guy, right? I mean, at times you're gonna need that other big to play next to him. But chances are you're gonna play with three three wings and a point guard most times. And so why would you why would you spend and we're seeing this right now with in, in New Orleans, it's not working so far. It's early and that's you know, it's not fair to judge three games in, but it's not working well because you can't have two players like that. And so you can fit Jimmy Butler. <laughs> this isn't going to happen, of course. But you can fit Jimmy Butler, Gordon Hayward, and, and Paul George in the same lineup because that's the way the game's played now. That may require those guys to share the ball and, and play differently. But you, know, you can do that. Now, I think two is certainly more than enough. And I think, that's a, I think there's a possibility you could get two. You know, I mean, Jay King
0: kind of teased it last week. Hold up, uh, hold up, hold up. I love Jay, but the yep. night before, I threw yep. it out there and put scenarios out on Twitter, just so you know. I <laughs> oh, I don't have a blog anymore, but I'm just telling you. It's the year you, of Justin. It okay. is the year of Justin, because the <laughs> night before, I said the assets are there, and I, and I laid it out. And well, just so you know, just I so you think, know, I Jay you King's proposal includes Jalen Brown, <laughs> Guess who's didn't? Oh, God. And it's dual. Okay, All right. So, I,
1: but I hate to tell you, I don't think it's an original thought because I think of that course we, we see this. It's. A, <laughs> I don't think it's, I hate to tell you, I hate to break this to you here. Here and now in this, this entirely recorded podcast uh, that, that everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's it. No, but I mean, it, you're right. It, 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 two are possible, right? And so... You know, you could add both. You have Isaiah, and you've got Al Horford. I'm not sure who plays power forward. I'm not sure if you have to keep Crowder so he's your four in that lineup or how you do that. Um, I think that's probably what's instructive most of all of how we go over the next 35 games and not as people are placeholders. But you know how there was run report that David Aldred had in saying that – Crowder was the sticking point in the Butler deal. Well, maybe it's because he has to be the power forward in a potential Hayward, George, or Hayward Butler
0: lineup. They want around Isaiah and Horford. LeBron it's it comes down to that if you're going all in could be you need somebody who can body up on LeBron and keep him out of the picture and you're going to need somebody to defend Kyrie Irving which maybe if it's Butler that we're getting can do that right and then now what are you down to an injured love and Al Horford can handle him now you've got the three pieces to match up their big three and it's all about the bench and the scheme.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. I mean, I I will say I think that the Celtics' best benefit is that for the Celtics' best benefit to build for the future is to have Paul George next to Hayward rather than Butler. I think I think totally Butler, agree
0: at the four. You know, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Or you know, switching off with Crowder. But presumably
0: all reports said, though, that the Celtics were willing to give up a lot more for George than they were for Butler, and I just think that that emphasizes the point that you're making. It's not about the fact that a lot of people thought Butler's the better player. It's about Mm -hmm. how it fits into the long-range plan.
1: Right, and Butler, I think Butler's having a better year, but I think that has a lot more to do with teammates and, and, and system and fit um, and, and, Butler making a leap. Good for, good for him. Uh, but, and also age, frankly, <laughs> you know, Butler is, is older. Uh, so I think that that's, I think the goal right now is I'm kind of looking ahead here over the next few months. And as we build towards June in the draft, I don't want to see the, you know, I would love to see this team build towards a long-term, um, you know, trying to, to build around Smart and Brown and, and, and add Mark Fultz to that but I also I honestly I'm going to be looking at is Paul George a guy who someone could get to like Chauncey Billups and Tyron Lue did uh with KG 10 years ago and sat him down and said look go to Boston man that's the place you got to be that's the place you're going to be successful I know Paul George's dad's as a LA Lakers fan loves Magic Johnson I know Paul George loves Kobe Bryant but he's not winning if he goes to Indi- if he goes from Indiana to LA, the, he's kind of winning like Charlie
0: Sheen in that deal. Wait, what? What do you mean? You gotta explain you know, that one. Charlie Sheen winning? You know what I mean? It's a complete oh, mess. It's a complete I thought you were mess.
1: Saying it's full of tiger blood. Oh, oh no, no,
0: no, <laughs> <laughs> tiger blood.
1: Jeez. Um, <laughs> But no, I mean it's Come like on, it's, yeah. LA, it's winning.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? they are mass Magic Johnson Showtime. Come on, it's terrible.
1: It's yeah, yeah, man. I mean they're good. They're going to be awful. If they're going to be awful a year from now. They're not going to be better. And they can, and they and they're still going to have a hard time clearing that cap space because of those terrible contracts they gave to Mozgov and and Dang. Last summer. So, But you
0: know what? I'm, Despite all that nonsense, it's like players don't even realize it because then you get Lonzo Ball's dad saying basically the exact same thing. I won't play for anybody but the Lakers. You know what yeah. would be really cool, though? I don't want anything near Hold on. To I don't want any, I don't, well, Here's well, my conspiracy. I just conspiracy. want to say this
1: about Lonzo Ball. I don't, I don't want, want him to be Lonzo Ball. I'm
0: with you. Yep. That's yep. why I'm going to yep. bring up this one. What if the Lakers get the number one pick and the Celtics get the number Ugh. two pick? And the Lakers pick Lonzo Ball. And Perfect. we get Fultz. That would Perfect. be the most twisted, like just disgusting scenario. It would be so bizarre, but it's legitimately possible. It is, you know, mm-hmm. new, new regime, new man in the, you know, driver's seat and Lonzo Ball professing his love. I won't play for anybody but the Lakers. And then all of a sudden just by folly, it works out that way. Because I'm with you, and a lot of people have said they think Josh Jackson is the Celtics' second pick behind Fultz. And I dare say that your your Duke buddy, Jason yep. Tatum, may be climbing Tatum. up yep. the ranks real fast right now, too. And what I like about him, as far as a fit with the Celtics, is he can shoot, he can score. And he's also a distributor. Like, you talk about what we like about Gordon Hayward. There's a lot not the same, and I'm not comparing the players in terms of style, but there's a lot the same in terms of attitude.
1: He's, you know, the thing about Tatum, and just to talk about Tatum a little bit, I think the thing with him is that he brings a different type of skill set. Josh Jackson, the similarities with Jalen
0: Brown are evident. It's just too much. Yeah, way too much. I'm with you. You know, Tatum... Tatum
1: brings a different a different energy to him, you know. The Paul Pierce, you know, comparisons will go off the charts, but but he's a guy who likes to work in that 15, 18, you know, nineteen foot, you know, area. Work his footwork. Work his his um, you know his, you know be a clinician. Be a guy who's you know, who's really you know a student and 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 uses his his smarts. Uh, it's yeah, a little
0: bit of answer. Evan Turner, but he's a Swiss Army surgical knife instead.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And so I think that that would be a nice kind of now a nice compliment, perhaps, to Brown's skill set. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. So it's going to get number one pick. They're going to take Mark Fultz, and that's just it. Will they trade him? I don't know. We've said that, that before, and, and then
0: all of a sudden it was. Ye versus the chair. I you know I'm not confident in that. <laughs> I'm not and as a matter of fact, I think I said this on the trade deadline show. If the Celtics wind up getting burned again, we're gonna we're they're like literally gonna pipe in the audio from Tommy Heinsohn's last appearance at the draft lottery. Ugh.
1: Yeah. That was rough. That was rough. I'll tell you, going um, back and listening to uh our our uh our draft night show, when you put that together, it's <laughs> It's kind of, the names and all of that that we were thinking of that time. Is,
0: it's so it's so it's a crap enough, draft. You know. It was a crap draft. The I mean, not really crap. No, think about it. it was good. They, it was, yeah, but if you really think about it, Odin now no longer in the league. Like the ability to bust for the players that the Celtics could have drafted. I mean, you had Jeff Green in that draft. You had Odin in that draft. I mean, Durant would have been the home run, and I'm convinced Danny was all about Kevin Durant. I mean, just that long four. Yeah, and Horford was at three, which would have been excellent. But outside of those two players, you know, I don't know, could have been a tough draft. There was plenty of opportunity for the Celtics to make a mistake there. But you're right, two out of the top three were good. And maybe two out of the top three this year are gonna be on the, on the ball too.
1: Yeah, and you know, if Horford, I should say, if Odin doesn't get hurt, I mean, he, he's, you're right, he's far that's away, a home run. It's game. a
0: three for three year. And in consecutive order, I, well, I don't know, maybe Odin is, maybe this game, I don't know. I'm I'm not certain that we would say Odin is better Durant if he made it into the league and fulfilled his potential. But he was definitely going to be the number one pick. But those two would have been an interchangeable. One, two with with Horford, clearly the three. But you're right. Three, maybe two transcendent players and a third like staple All Star. Out yeah. of the top three yeah. picks. And maybe I we have that right. this year, maybe we don't, but this is one of the deepest drafts in a long, long, long time.
1: I, I think, and I think that there are good players. I mean, I think a guy like Malik Monk could be great, or he could be very middle of the, middle of the road. You know, it could be just a, a Lou Williams type, you know. It, it, there's guys in here that are kind of all over the, you know, Darren Fox could be Khalid al in terms of not really coming together or he, or he could kind of become, get a shot and become more of it. Jonathan Isaac is, I think, you know, if I felt if, if the Celtics fall to three or four and their choices are around between Jackson Tatum or Isaac, I'm going to have a hard time not looking at Isaac too, just because of the freakability of what he can do. And that kind of long lean frame, um, You know, seven foot. I mean, he's the Celtics don't have anybody like that right now. A guy who's tall and 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 really, you know, really that kind of unicorn type guy that we're that we're now talking about with Giannis and Porzingis and Jokic and all these big guys who can are really super skilled. I don't think Isaac has that that skill level yet, but you need somebody who has that size to maybe match up with him. He well, so, there, there this players. is a
0: nice primer because March Madness yeah. is not too far around the corner, and we'll obviously get hyped up for that, and I know it's a big time of the year for you, and it's when we tend to try to pull in some guests and talk about the tourney. Last year, though, we really got robbed from seeing players like Jalen Brown in the tournament, and we're not going to see Markel Fultz. So it right. is a unique, interesting scenario because there will be other players in the draft that we will see play. But it is going to be odd for the potential number one pick not to be showcased during the tournament. And we'll talk about that more. But we do have to wrap the show. So let's lay out our predictions for the upcoming week. We've got four games until next week's show. Tonight they face off at home against the Hawks. They're at home again on Wednesday after a day off against the Cavs. The nice thing about the week is it is spaced out, but they're going to hit the road another West Coast trip. So then on Friday after day off, mostly for travel, they're going to get that West Coast hangover and face off against the Lakers on Friday night. But they get Saturday off, and then they're going to play Phoenix on the road. That's a 5 o'clock game on Sunday, Eastern Standard Time, maybe not the letdown that we usually get with the early afternoon games, um, here at home because they'll be out west. But at the same time, then obviously they do have a back to back. We won't, we'll, we'll be back before that, but they have the Clippers next Monday. And this, this is kind of a long west coast trip coming up. It could see a slide in the standings and there's a lot of competition. This is probably the toughest, one to two week stretch, we're going to see for the rest of the season. So I want to. I'm interested to see where you're going to go. Obviously, I think the Lakers and Phoenix game are a loss. This could be a. I mean, it could be our a win for the Celtics. Lakers might be a little bit of a trap game. We saw how badly they played against Sacramento the last time they headed out west. I think they've got the Hawks. I think they do not have the Cavs number. I don't care how much they may be sliding. So I think those two games are one and one. I wanna go three and one, but I'll tell you what, I think they're gonna go two and two. I think they're gonna slip against the Lakers. I know it's nuts to say, but they slipped against Sacramento. I think it could happen again. So I'm gonna go two and two, well, my man.
1: Well I, I I'm I'm with you right now in, in the issue between three and one and two and two. That's kinda of my my Yeah, but my you're you're kinda, looking
0: at the Hawks and not the Lakers. I am.
1: That's exactly right. I'm looking at the Hawks because I'm really unhappy with the, how they've come out of the break. Um, they haven't found their footing, and now they're going to reintroduce Avery Bradley, likely, uh, into that mix tonight. And, and a I team just that can rebound. Yeah, and they've never really played well against Millsap. They've never found that kind of guy who can match up with him. Um, but I just don't like the mix with the the Hawks. I. I think they're going to beat the Hawks. I'm going to be Mister Optimistic. I'm going three and one. Um, I just I think they'll beat them. I don't think they have it right now to play Cleveland. They just they've kind of fallen off a bit. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But three and one is the number I'm going with. We're we're matching each other this week. So
0: a 3-1 and, one and a 2-2 yep well you know what I like the optimism I certainly hope so it would be nice for them to get through I guess I'll say unscathed on this West Coast trip and be able to hold their position in the standings because if they do I really like their chances of staying in that position or at least battling neck and neck right up until the last game of the season against the Raptors for it we'll certainly find out and we are getting closer to March Madness which is always an exciting time when you have a top pick in the draft the luxury being we can enjoy March Madness looking forward to next season... As well as enjoy the postseason this year, so I love that, and that's going to do it for the show this week. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app as well as CLNSRadio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. You can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review. We want to hear your feedback. And a reminder, today's show brought to you by Audible.com, SeatGeek.com, and BlueApron.com. Not only do they have a great deal for all of you listeners, but most importantly, you would be supporting our show and the entire network and saving money a big thanks to the loyal CLNS Radio audience, making it all worthwhile. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Radio, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.